0: Hi and welcome back to the Dovecast, this is Dove, yeah, of course, and uh, I'm talking with James, uh, otherwise known as Specific Kink on FetLife, he's a fetish photographer and massive fetishist himself, (laughs) which is one of the reasons I like him a lot. Uh, First time I ever met him, um, he was wearing, uh, what was that thing, red,
1: yeah it was a red latex number. Yeah, red takes number
0: <laughs> with huge boobies, and 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 um, ballet boots, which you were walking in. Yeah, and I did what was like a two-string suspension on you, partial suspension, and yeah, spun you
1: around. Tried to do a strapado, and yeah. then uh, I kept picking picking up a foot. So then uh, I guess we decided that if I was going to keep picking it up, that they should just both be in the air anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an entertaining evening, to say the least. It was like, well, hello, nice to meet you. And, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> that was a funny night because um, I had known already that I had a, I had a really bad pinched nerve. in went on my arms anyway. <laughs> but um, some time had freed up, and you, you were free, so I decided I was going to do it anyway. But I didn't let you know that it was really, really bad at the time. It probably took, like, six months <laughs> for my arm to finally get the pain out of my arm. But it was... Uh, you didn't know that
0: then. No, I did not, and and I guess you di- and we'll add a masochist for your finish. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah, I was. I, I mean, I've done have done a strapado on you twice, and you're really really strong. Your muscles, your arm muscles. It's really hard to get you back. <laughs> you know, which is re- it's interesting because it's like here you are. You want to be in this position. It's like you just don't. You know, you're you're just too strong to. To, to pull you into the position because everything else comes up with you. Hmm. You know, it's not easy. On the other hand, I can literally lift you up by your um, by your arms when they're tied back like that. I mean, literally, and that's really hard to do. You know, a lot of people, um, I'd be popping their arms out of their socket, which yeah. I don't do.
1: And I'm surprised that that didn't, I'm actually surprised <laughs> it hasn't happened because my shoulders are so messed
0: up. Uh, it's, you got <laughs> the muscles, man. You know, either the rubber's holding you all together. Maybe, and, uh, <laughs> maybe that's all it is. It's the rope. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hey, somebody's got to do it. You know, this this is we're, we're sitting up on my roof, um, in Queens. It's fucking roasting out here, uh, although we're in the shade, which is quite nice. It's ninety three in the shade. Ninety three. <laughs> so, the breeze is nice. The breeze is nice. The tar is melting. You know, I've got uh, you know hot child in the city running through my head because I am a New York kid. So therefore, you know, these are things that I always remember. Uh, last week we had this wonderful weather. Where we could have gotten together. Unfortunately, fortunately, we, we ran into a little. Conv- you know, conflict and scheduling thing. Where we could have been nice and cool in doing this. We could be cool right now anyway if we had known better. Yeah, right? we'd be down at your house, but <laughs> no, 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 next time, next time, next time, and uh, we'll have fun. And uh, you know, but anyway. So you're, um, you know, we were just discussing your photography and stuff. And uh, you know, you've been, how long have you been shooting? You've been shooting
1: about a little over a year, I guess. Okay, uh, a, a little over a year. Yeah. So not not too long, because I know a few <laughs> months ago I. I uh, I realized uh, when I was going through some older photos that... Some older photos, only a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, just going through some of the things I would have changed and things if I could reshoot of what I would try to do, you know, knowing now what I didn't then, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, that's I sort of realized it was... I've taken like 15,000 photos in the past year. Right. And so, you know, uh
0: well, it's, it, <laughs> you it in know, perspective. It's how you learn. I mean, you know, the, the, the true... Um, the true truth to learning how to take a photograph is to keep taking photographs. Mm-hmm. You know, people take two or three photographs. So, oh, I know, and to take it. You know, you do all the different lighting and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking downstairs. Uh, the things that it, you know, I've noticed that attracts people and attracts meteor photography is you're you're, you're you're you have a marvelous sense of the fucking up the fucking <laughs> You know, you, you've got that the ability to pull out. You know, you know, your lighting isn't so great for certain things, but. Um, You've got that ability to pull out that, you know, creepazoid, weird, you know, you know, dead clown, you know, co- you know dead clown posse thing <laughs> coming after you, you
1: know. And, you know, we, we didn't, I didn't say it when we were downstairs, but it's really funny to hear you say it that way because I don't really, I don't look at it as that fucked up, but I, but I know when other people look at it, they think it's pretty messed up. And mm-hmm. I just think it's, um, I, I always just describe it as a little dark and maybe a little creepy, but I guess maybe I'm understating it.
0: Well, you know, the the Adams family kind of thing, you know, it was perfectly normal to them that they lived in a coffin and and a castle, of course. (laughs) Everyone has a perspective. Everyone has an eye of some sort. Having an eye is the important part I've always found. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I've noticed a lot of people tend to do fetish photography without any real sense of fetish. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like about your stuff is and we talk about it, you know you're a fetishist you really are a fetishist. You know, mm-hmm. It's it's, uh, it's not like you're going hey I got a pretty girl and they'll put her in latex. Okay, it's fetish. You know, you're, you know we were joking about um, you know uh, your fiance actually we can say that mm-hmm. yeah actually, mm-hmm. your fiance at the moment and you because I, I was. Uh, Playing with her recently, putting her up in the air, and we we're joking. Well, she was she was complaining kind of about the fact that like she likes being naked. And she seems that she's that pretty, and you're going, yeah, but honey, could you put the rubber on? You know, could you put yeah. the you know, which isn't bad. I mean, she loves it, but at the yeah. same time, it's that kind of the 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 that specific reality in your head mm-hmm. is what makes your photography, in my opinion, very attractive because you have an awareness of it that other people don't, even though you don't even think about it, which. You know, I've, I've talked about on, on the podcast about John Sutcliffe before, uh, and You know, he was the guy who came out with Adamage back in you know, the rubbers back in the. Uh, 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 by the way, if I'm sn- I sound like I'm sniffing, I don't, I'm not doing drugs. I just allergies are kind of killing me right now, so my my sinuses are you know fucked up. Um, but he, uh, um, you know, he was just this English guy who did. Uh, he was a, uh, a set dresser, you know, mm-hmm. uh, did costuming and stuff, and he. You know, he was a fetishist. He'd sit around in his wellies and his, you know, his mac and you know, and all the stuff. But it was that kind of thing. Well, of course you sit around and having you, you, know, you know, do this in your tea. And it's that kind of mentality that I think transforms the product that you don't normally see uh, in a lot of uh, photography today. You know, you know, I see a lot of photographers who do well. I'm doing a fetish photography, but they don't understand the fetish they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that's what I like about your stuff. You know? Thank you. Uh,
1: that, but that's that's really what what has always driven it for me I mean it was uh, it was always aesthetic even when I didn't do photography if I was like when I was younger in the scene I would just kind of um, see things that were either online or see something that somebody was doing and it would attract me to it mm-hmm. and then I would try to either recreate it um, or be a part of it in some other way but it was always about you know um, it, what I liked it wasn't it's not I'm, nev- I'm never doing this for anyone else other than like what I, what I have in my head and what I'm trying to uh, accomplish. And, mm-hmm. and So I think that might be one of the few reasons why um, things sort of like, people can sometimes I think tell that it might be my photo because-
0: Not I, just the watermark.
1: but Not just the watermark because I think that, I, I don't know, I would like to think that there's something about me that comes through in the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think I really started getting into the photos is because um, you know, really it's at some point in my life, I decided I wasn't attractive enough to take photos of anymore. And so I needed someone else who would be willing enough to do the fucked up things that I would do to myself to participate. I I like this field of narcissism. I'm not pretty enough. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not pretty enough not bendy enough, you know, things like that. Uh, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, there, there are a few people out there that might disagree, but I think they're crazy and biased. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it. I, I look at myself and I don't seem like to see a handsome guy and people seem to like me, so <laughs> I, I just shut up and go, sure, okay, kiss me. But, <laughs> 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 you know, I was looking at the... Um, Photos you did for the uh, the subway shoot, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you we won't we won't say how you got access to that right. you, for various reasons, but mm-hmm. um, it, I, I did a lot of um, location. Well, most of the kink photographers I know, like you know Anathelum and uh, other people, do a lot. You know, we all end up in you know abandoned factories and other weird places. You know, in New York City mm-hmm. uh, or whatever city we're in, you know, to, to shooting because you know have the most interesting backgrounds, but. Uh, when you get that, you know, a unique location and you at least get something out of it while you're there. I mean, I like the, where you drew the wings on the wall for that one. What was the model on that one? That was Sangua. you yeah. And, um, you know, little things like that. It's, you know, using the space versus, um, you know, just letting it go. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? that, that was, that was really tricky. And I think we talked about this because there's nowhere that I could plug in for lights mm-hmm. and, um, and I couldn't really kill all the lights. But uh, so you had this alternating fluorescent lighting every 10 feet. So because it was so dark, I was, I was using my 50, my fixed 50. Okay. And I was, uh, I ended up having to be like within a certain distance or I right. ended up getting, you know, the other lighting was bleeding through and sort of washing things out. And it was, so I, at some points, like I, I tore my pants. I brought a brand new pair of pants and I was trying to get the shot and uh, I got caught on the, the edge of the subway, and I tore my pants open. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, there were a couple spaces that we were able to fit and, and you know, try to squeeze out a, a few images that, that, that I really liked. There were a few mm-hmm. that we really tried to get that failed, but there were a couple times where we know that there wasn't going to be a train coming through. Right. But I... This was, this was an abandoned station. Yeah. And I'm shooting behind uh you know i'm shooting and over you know sangwar's shoulder you can hear trains that are active so every now and then she would you know jump to turn around and look to see if you know you've got these lights barreling (laughs) down on us but you know obviously it never happened but it, it it was it was actually the first location shoot i've ever done Really? Yeah, it was the okay. first one I've ever done and mostly because
0: It's a hell of a extreme to do I mean basically you know getting into an abandoned tunnel <laughs> yeah, whole yeah,
1: it was a production but um, I, I think it, I, well I know the reason why I don't do it is I'm actually so self-conscious mm-hmm. and so um, I don't like attention I don't like people like Sort of knowing what I'm up to, or really paying a lot of attention to what I'm currently doing, or mm-hmm. why, or anything like that, and I'm genuinely pretty private. So, I was having a heart attack, but trying not to show <laughs> that I was having a heart attack. Right. I think it was a ball of sweat before she got there, and it was still pretty cool out. So,
0: well, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a certain amount of leeway for this. I mean, you know, the, you know, knowing how you were getting to the location and everything even even if you weren't worried about, you know, uh, uh you know, people watching, I mean, nobody being there, but just just the um, you know, mission impossible nature of how you pulled it off is you know, that alone. I mean I would <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I've done a lot of I've done some pretty weird shooting in some pretty interesting places and pulled it off. And that's just like holy shit, dude, for a first time <laughs> Yeah, you, know, was... you you didn't just pick let's go shoot on the street, you picked wow you know that was that was pretty c- kind of cool in that sense
1: i, I guess so so <laughs> very 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 fortunate but yes you know, very hush-hush
0: yeah but yeah i mean you know, every, everyone has their own thing i mean I, it took me the longest time my uh my first let's say my first photographer my college photography teacher was a uh, documentarist uh, she was um, uh, uh, this little old lady who used to write for a photography magazine i won't mention her name I don't need but her, um, her intro to our class was she walked in with a, one of those little mini tripods, mm-hmm. snaps it open like a, uh, 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 a uh, switchblade, and then goes, hi, my name is, you know, and we went from there. And, you know, she I learned a lot from her about how to shoot on the street and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there's an amazing um, peer pressure, uh, uh, you know, onus about, especially in New York, about approaching or being in public doing certain things you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be visibly seen doing mm-hmm. uh, there's um, it, it's interesting overcoming that in like holding your camera and shooting somebody and then the next I do like why are you taking my photo and you've already taken the photo mm-hmm. and it, it takes a lot to get past that because mm-hmm. you're you know New York breeds a certain psychology uh, as much as it's a very open city and a very friendly city in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, mm-hmm. and people will do a lot. I mean, you say, "Hey, could you pose for me?" People are very friendly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're trying to catch, um, you know, that moment when no, people aren't looking—that mm-hmm. you know, unconscious moment. Uh, being able to break the uh, that wall is really hard to do. You know, if you live here long enough, it's just, you know, the nature of living in a giant city where you have to respect boundaries or other mm-hmm. people's boundaries, and you're basically violating them. Yeah. You know? But yeah, you know, she you know things she things she taught me were uh, always have a uh, never never leave your lens cap on. Always have a uh, 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 what you call it uh, a daylight filter on. You know, mm-hmm. simply because you know if you have, if you have to fumble to take the cap off, you have already missed the shot. You know, bang, you've got the shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this leads to major arguments that I've even had on FedLife with uh, certain photographers about whether or not this degrades your photo. You know, whatever. You know, if you're if you're pixel counting to that degree. Well, and I remember the, the, the first thing
1: that um, uh, someone said to me when I was uh, actually at uh, trial center was oh, helping okay. me uh, choose <laughs> cameras, uh, which mm-hmm. is surprising because I, I ended up with a Canon. Um, no, but...
0: but he's, he's, well, you're right. He's an net right. Same as me. That's right. Right.
1: Yeah. So, but he said, you know, first thing was, you know, find a ca- camera that you're comfortable with. Yeah. And that's number one. And then number two, because, you know, I, I don't have an unlimited budget. I have a very small budget
0: guys, yeah, let's let the police go by. I'm actually picking that up really loud. Tell them when they're hunting us. There's some nights out here, it gets weird. There's, uh, uh, I was walking down Steinway once, and the helicopter was literally maybe double roof type up, uh, roof roof <laughs> height up. I mean, literally that low, and they had the spotlight, and he just kept going around and around,
1: I'm like, what the fuck are gonna do?
0: Anyway, so you are saying. Uh, uh, so, so anyway, uh, uh,
1: so yeah. Not much uh, money. So like not have money us. on the on the, uh, a budget and you know that's the that transfers over even to when I do shoots I don't have a budget for yeah. that but, um, um, but the first thing he said to do is go and get yourself a filter and, and basically the logic is if you scratch your lens you're screwed yeah <laughs> so yeah. so either ten dollars mm-hmm. or a few hundred dollars so it's a, it was a no-brainer yeah which which is why I, I you know for my fisheye lens I am super paranoid mm-hmm. uh,
0: with that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, you can take, I mean, as I said to people, if you're in a studio location, you know, you don't need the uh, uh, filter necessarily. You know, it's on, you're on a tripod, you know, yeah, an accident can happen, but you're less likely because you're not running around with the camera. You're out in the street, put a damn filter on Mm -hmm. because it's just, uh, unless you've got really good insurance or, you know, you you can afford to buy a new lens, it's not, uh, you know, it's not worth it. And... I'll be honest. You shoot in outdoors, uh, unless you're in a reasonably con- controlled situation. Um, you know, I've had too many incidences with things coming at the lens. I mean, I, I used to I used to work in the film industry. So I used to work as a camera assistant, and with heavy-duty, you know, those cameras, you don't have filters on the lenses unless you, you're shooting something because you want the absolute perfect lens, you know, perfect shot. But then again. You're also working with, you know, a million dollar camera that you've rented has a bazillion dollars worth of insurance. So if you do scratch the lens, they're just gonna buy another one. It doesn't really matter. You know. So you don't really care so much about it. But when it becomes your personal stuff, yeah, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely <laughs> Yeah. So but and again, you know, pixel counting, you know, if you you know, it, it's half does one success the other, basically in that in that was a sense. But uh, so and, and you know, you went with a canon, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something I always tell people is, um, if you don't already have, like I already had a uh, uh, some Nikon lenses. right? So I, I went with, you know, I, I stopped. Well, my first camera was Nikon, so, well for second, My first digital was Nikon, so I had the Nikon lenses. So I've always upgraded on Nikons. If on the other hand, you don't have a lens or, or a body, you know, it really comes down, like I said. Uh, what do I like? What works for me? You know, you bastard with your cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What do you like about it? What what, what attracted you? What Um, attracted it to you? I
1: I think it was just, to be honest, ease of use. It was just very easy for me to pick up and and start to shoot with. And now, you know, I start to play with actual settings instead (laughs) of just, you know, when I got it, it was just such a step up. It was basically, I was sick of point and shoots. Yeah. And... And uh, I was sick of just taking photos that looked like they they were something that was gonna fall out of, you know, like a family album accidentally. Yeah. But you know, it's something that I can actually start to. I, See, I, so I guess, I'm having I'm having
0: visions of your photography falling out of a family album, and it's a great family album. If you uh, ask me.
1: Well, I used to have. I mean, I used to have Polaroids and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But because of my binge purge behavior growing up. Um, anything that existed in between when I started and a purge behavior was set on fire, quite literally. Oh, jeez. You know, I mean, it, I literally would wait until a day that my family had left the house and then douse it in uh, uh, some form of alcohol and set it on fire in the grill. And we didn't have a charcoal grill. This was a, a propane tank grill. Oh, so geez. even if I did it, I'd have to clean the grill and all the ashes <laughs> out of it.
0: when not you just turn on the propane?
1: I wanted to make sure it burned really well. <laughs> I wanted no no little shards or bits, but I mean, I wish I had some of those Polaroids now. Yeah. But what are you gonna do?
0: Hopefully, you're not gonna disintegrate, you know, destroy your your present collection.
1: No, anytime soon. no.
0: Too much money invested, I guess. Too much time. Too much time. Yeah.
1: Too much money, and then uh, e- even so, even if I were to feel that way, and now. Like, being a lot older, now if I ever felt that way, I, I would just, I would have, I'd give my stuff to someone to hang on to. Until you got for, over it. for Until I got over it again, yeah. which is, you know, advice I've <laughs> given to, you know, younger people that are still having a hard time stomaching, you know, what they feel, mm-hmm. and then inevitably they... They, they they want to get rid of it and then you know in two months three months they're gonna wish they had it back or they hadn't gotten rid of it
0: yeah well I mean at that point we're talking about our own you know our own kinky interests more
1: than a than photography more side. more than photography yeah, yeah, yeah but 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 you know it, it's
0: well you know it's an important thing I mean you know you' you like I said, your fetishism is actually the th- you know one of the things that attracts me to you know. To you in terms of your art and also just in general because mm. you know, we've, we've had a lot of conversations about fetish and stuff mm-hmm. and what I find funny is I'm actually throwing at you uh, a lot of seminal stuff where I you know I'm going like well don't you know about this because you're, you're what you're doing is this and you're like nah, I never saw that before and I've always joked about you know I, I really believe more that fetish kink etc comes from uh, uh, nature rather than nurture mm-hmm. I mean, there is a lot of seminal stuff that you know does influence people but you know, there are too many people who, who kind of have the same proclivities in certain areas and have never, in some instances, mm-hmm. never ever even seen um, you know uh, uh, fetishism from that material before. Mm-hmm. So it, you, know, you know, like we were talking about, I was we started with Doctor Mabuse and I, I ended up talking about um, you know we we're talking about Irving Klaw and stuff and I, I, I threw out a couple of references and you were like, ooh,
1: mm-hmm. and it's and it's not even like the first time this happens almost every time we get together on different, different references where that you, you say, you know, this reminds me of this and then you pull it up and I've never heard of it before. And then I have to go mm-hmm. and do my homework.
0: Yeah. But you're already doing it, which I'm like, well, all right, fuck, you know, but it's, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's very, it's very strange when you bring that stuff up though. It, it's just to, to know that it seems so similar to someone else's work or something else like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when it's a, along the line of a fetish where it's like I have no clue I've, You know, I, I mean I I, I can remember key parts of my childhood where I w- I had seen things that were uniquely kinky or fetishy mm-hmm. and I Still to this day know um, You know that I didn't like it like it, it, it just because I saw it. It wasn't something that I was into mm-hmm. now we'll rewind let's say a week ago um, I was with my, my fiance and we were going through Netflix mm-hmm. of all things. Um, there's a, a movie, I think it was, it's, it's a young Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Okay. Which is, I think came out in like 85 mm-hmm. yeah. and I remember seeing it when I was young on HBO and that's, and, and I used to almost time it cause HBO right. had that loop of movies. So, mm-hmm. so, but there was a whole scene where, and it's, and it's maybe three minutes long where they they're, this group, this religious cult is going to sacrifice this girl, yes, and they have right. her wrapped in like they have her dressed like they wrap her up like a mummy mm-hmm. and they're basically gonna pour some sort of boiling liquid on her and and, and it's all of like she's not even struggling or anything like right. it's just they're just laying the wrapping on her, mm-hmm. you know and they're just and that's all it is, and I knew then, and I must have been you know I was young, I knew then that there was something that I liked about it because I would stalk that movie and I would just try to watch that scene again and even so we're watching it we I went and we turned on the movie the other day and uh, uh, of course my fiance is uh, you know she's laughing because she basically is saying how you know laughing at like what what was really turned me on about Mm -hmm. something that's so ridiculous to be turned on on by and then of course um, my sister sees it in the uh, the queue, mm-hmm. the history of, and she's like, "Why were you guys watching this?" And of course, um, uh, she blows my cover and explains to my sister. What,
0: oh, your what. sister didn't know.
1: Oh, she didn't know why it was on there. Oh, no, but geez. but 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 oh, but my my sister understands. Oh, me. okay. She knows. She knows. No, she, she knows about your. So. Okay. <laughs> It'd be hard to. Does, uh, does
0: your sister have any proclivities or is uh, she just I, I don't know she's the normal you don't want to know
1: I don't know I don't want to know but there's been times where maybe like a ball gag was left out and, uh, in the living room mm-hmm. uh, for some reason or something that was being cleaned was left in the bathroom and I you know, I'd like to blame it on the cat. Must have dragged it out of the room. Really? Yeah, yeah, you know. It's, cat. that's it's a cat, cat ball st- with, yeah. with, with attachments. Yeah, sure. It's very mm-hmm. easily confused for a cat toy. Ah, yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> little
0: holes. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh-huh. Your sister likes you a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, again, it, it's that kind of thing. Well, we were talking about that uh, you just had a, a harness made. Yes. And we were talking about, you know, like going to, I mean, you were at, uh, uh, Leatherman Leatherman, at Leatherman and having them instructing them on how to build the, the kink of you, that you were interested, in, the thing you wanted, yeah. And the reactions you were getting, which
1: yeah, it was, was really funny. funny. Yeah. It, it was it was funny because I knew what I wanted in my head, and 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 you know they they didn't really carry it because it's uh, it's, it's 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 I've seen some stuff that's similar, but this is sort of a heavyweight harness and everything, mm-hmm. so. Um, I, I know that it would have to be highly adjustable and they were able to, uh, uh, more than accommodate it. And it was, uh, and it, it's really now I'm I'm really excited to use it.
0: (laughs) I I want to see this. this. Well, I I love the fact that the, the guy who was doing the leather work was like, are you thinking this up as we talk? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was, that was, that, that was, um, I guess one of those moments when you realize like, wow, you are, you're in a kink shop. Yeah. And they they make these custom uh, kink harnesses daily, mm-hmm. and you're throwing stuff at them, and they're thinking that you're a little, little funny for being able to come up with this on yeah. the fly. So yeah, it, it it puts things in perspective a little bit.
0: Well, I mean, usually, I, I, in general, I think that a lot of people come in with a diagram, go like, here, I'm looking for something like this, mm-hmm. you know. You're sitting there going, no, this here, this here, this here, this here. Yeah, yeah the, and that's a little more.
1: Yeah, we're going through, all well, if we, yeah. we have this O-ring and then we attach a, mm-hmm. a buckle here, then we have two inches of play, and then we can have another straps going perpendicular, and we mirror this buckle, we go down. And we...
0: As the engineering and, background comes back. Yeah, Yeah.
1: The, yeah. <laughs> which just makes me think when you say that, I really, really want to make welder. <laughs> that's on uh, my uh,
0: I understand I, I understand that way better than you think. Remember <laughs> I t- I tinker, I do stuff. I'm like, you know, if I had if I had this, I could yeah. you know. Well, I loved uh it's my wish one, list. Max is uh, the one of the, the uh, sales guy at the the store's response to it when he finally saw the finished product, mm-hmm. which was, "Oh, wow." You know, and I know him and he's definitely like He's he's an, he is a, a an aficionado. He's somebody who would, cool. who would recognize it and go, "This is cool, man."
1: It it was funny because when I first went in there, um, it, it was I was working with somebody coming up with it, and it and it was like, it was a really funny interchange mm-hmm. with me and one of the salespeople. But then um, when when I picked it up and had the final modifications made, and Max was there, it was like. It was like a really exciting moment because I, could, <laughs> I, I really did. It, I really did feel like I. I mean, I feel like I have something really interesting and pretty unique, because I've seen versions of it, mm-hmm. but they're always sort of dainty versions of it. Right. They're, they're aesthetic. They're not really functional, whereas all the strapping on this are two-inch leather straps, except for the one piece that goes, underneath. So.
0: And what is this going to do to somebody?
1: It's uh, it's it's a it's a good base for um, for some sort of longer term uh, bondage position. It's a it's a good foundation. It it'll hold you pretty snug, but it's it's not nearly enough. <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. Uh-huh. Um,
0: see, this is this is you know listening to a fetishist talk about his thing versus, yeah, you know, I mean that that's actually one of the problems I have with most. Um, Fetish gear that you see because it is done mm-hmm. to the dainty dainty standard. It's that you know. Well, it's kind of like you know versus you know what we have here. will do this and it, this is this is your this is your bondage harness. It is your bondage harness. There are many bondage harnesses like this, but this is yours. You know, kind of thing. And um, yeah. you know, I think that's a large difference between you know uh, functional versus you know the slap and tickle kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean. It- <laughs> It's so weird, I mean, uh, sitting here with you because it, it just makes me think about like all the very interesting experiences that I've had in in the very short period of time that I've mm-hmm. come to know you. Um, because really, we've known each other maybe a little over a year. Yeah. And uh, in that amount of time, I mean, I mean, I've been to a ton of your classes. And we, we've shared many thoughts and <laughs> ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, one of my favorite memories is being at Floating World, and uh, you teaching your predicament bondage oh, class, right. yes. and you asking, um, you know, who here um, knows what predicament bondage is. So I raised my hand, but your response was, you are predicament bondage. Uh, but that's, but that's uh, you know, like you said, that's basically, that's, that's my thing, that's, mm-hmm. that's very much it's, it's almost less about the end product for me mm-hmm. as it's the process. Yeah. And so the longer that that process can continue with the making things tougher and more extreme, mm-hmm. it's like you ramp it right up until the end where it's the tap out point. There's no like sitting in it for a while. It's like how far can we push it till we tap out? And then, okay, now let's turn it back a little bit so that mm-hmm. you can sit in it for about 10 minutes longer.
0: Well, this is, this is the, like I said, the, the difference in ter- I, I always term people as what they are versus um, what they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when I talk to people, people you know, either humiliation play or bondage or, you know, I, I realized a long time ago that people, there's a core thing to people mm-hmm. and like uh, somebody who's into humiliation is into humiliation. It's not that they, they kind of put it on as a cloak. There's a core something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're into a certain fetish, it's that core thing where like we were talking earlier and you don't even notice your fetishism because it's just, this is, this is what you breathe. It's there, you know. You, you don't go, um, you don't even, you, there's no second thought when you go, could you put on the stockings or mm-hmm. could you put on the corset, you know, or whoever, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it's because that's that key portion to you. And it has nothing to do with the other person in the sense that you're, you're not denigrating mm-hmm. them, you're not uh, in any way not looking at them as, as interesting. But that's you. You know, it, it's you know, it's um, you know, it's that interesting thing that makes you James, mm-hmm. as it were, and it, it's a hard it's a hard thing to get around in some people's heads. Uh, not you are know, James, but you know uh, the things that make people tick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I always turn the difference between role playing and actually being something. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people, you know, role playing is great. You know, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to have a little add a little spice to your life and stuff. But there's that other element of, and then when it's a part of your life, and it's not a bad part of your life, mm-hmm. you know, it's not damaging, it, it's not hurting, it, it's fun. <laughs> Makes the bedroom a hell of a lot more fun. And mm-hmm. You're entertaining on a Saturday night, to say the least. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the times I have done like, uh, suspend, you know, partial suspensions and other stuff on you, and it's, hmm, how do we, how do we break the James? You know, how do we do this? How do we, you know, is this working? Is this working? Is he straining too hard? Uh, it becomes very focused in regards to you, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about you. basically, <laughs>
1: uh, Which is
0: fine. You know, uh, I, I, don't feel used in any way or, 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 or. uh, just a service. I don't feel stone. bad. I, you're not going
1: to make <laughs> me feel bad. You're not. Be, you're not, be, you're not. You're not. Yeah. I'm <laughs> teasing. I'm teasing. Be, and, 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 I, and I'm going to say be, I'll cut you off because there's sure. instances mm-hmm. when we do that, I think that, you feel that you get a, I, I would like to think that you feel that you have some sort of uh, open uh, you know carte blanche of what you can do that that you typically won't get with most other people that you get to do stuff with because you know that um, I'm kind of looking for something mm-hmm. that's going to like push me past what I'm comfortable with or, or certain limits and see what that breaking point is for me and, mm-hmm. and, and for me as like for the stuff that I like to f- photograph, and, and uh, is basically, I don't, I, I'm one of those people, like I can't ever do something to somebody mm-hmm. without knowing exactly how it feels, uh, because I need to be able to say to someone, when I do this, you're gonna feel tension here. Mm-hmm. It's gonna pull this way, and it's gonna suck, and this is why it's gonna suck, and it's gonna suck for this long, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm just gonna do this, and it's all gonna go away, and it's gonna be fine again. Mm-hmm. But because I, if I don't know those things, I don't. This I, I I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to stomach some of the stuff that I've done. Like sure. you know, with like um, with like with with uh, ever changing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's another one. Uh, yeah. um, you know, I remember I was at we were at Rough Mercy's house, and and I considered him like the one of the biggest sadists that I've ever met. And, He's interesting, yeah. And, and, in, in in his own right. Yes. Because. Because he has his own what, fuck upness. Right. You know, there. And, and because what, what he does that's off centered mm-hmm. is not my style. Mm-hmm. And so he can very easily make me feel uncomfortable yes. with, with what he likes. And what I learned that day was when we did that, that position with Ever Changing, where we did the, it was, uh, we were trying to redo a Claire Adams okay. uh, uh, hog tie. <laughs> Where there's a spreader bar, and her ankles are like basically mm-hmm. her elbows are almost at the spreader bar, and right. it's really pulled back, and a head harness, and then pulled like really out of hand, bend, bent in hand.
0: Luckily, she can actually do those kind of poses, whereas right, you know, I mean, Claire is you know the yoga bendy girl, you know, mm-hmm. um, of impossible poses. You know, right, these, folks, these are poses that we we just like to say, you know, do not try doing this at home unless you can, you know, bring your ankle back. You know around back and past the front of your face yeah
1: basically <laughs> and but and so this is this was one of those realization moments again mm-hmm. where i realized that um uh there there's probably something wrong with me is because here we are at rough mercies yeah and he told me after we did the photos mm-hmm. And, and, and what stinks is I, I know there are photos I should have gotten I hmm. missed the angle that I wanted to get because that would recreate the photo that we wanted but it was so nerve wracking in the time because right. um, it was probably the strictest position I've done he's sitting there and he's holding the safety scissors and he's pretty much sweating profusely and and he told me if it was any almost anybody else mm-hmm. doing that there's one there was no way he was going to let them do it and two he would have jumped up and cut Cut her out himself, yeah. Because it was it was it was that nerve wracking, and which mm-hmm. is funny because like I see what he does, sure. and I and it and it does the same thing to me. It makes me like a quivering mess because I start to have anxiety attacks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a few conversations with him about because he, he's got the same sort of response to me in, in a lot of stuff because we're <laughs> both we're both his his is very psychological, mm-hmm. and it's there's a, a level of, of absurdism to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, humiliation, and he, he creates these scenarios, mm-hmm. and it, it's very, um, it's very specific in a certain, in a very, very specific way. It's, it's but f- it's entirely different from you know most physical sadism. Sadism, and and and, and, and,
1: rope stuff. and he's very unique in mm-hmm. that he puts so much time and effort yeah. into that one person, and I mean it's 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 almost unheard of mm-hmm. how much homework and research he does for for uh, who he sees mm-hmm. and it's it's
0: amazing it's it's really kind of amazing that level of preparation sure. I, I, sometimes I wish I had that kind of focus I mean a large part of my kind of sadism or rope work and you know just doing stuff is based on uh, if I don't know the person immediately like some people immediately I have an instant okay I know what you're about mm-hmm. other people I kind of have to figure out as opposed to going going along I just did a I was helping somebody uh, experience pain uh, the other night and uh, they're they're very interested in a lot of things but it's that kind of there' I don't get a read from them in terms of absolutely what I need to do mm-hmm. so every <laughs>